Good morning. It's always a joy to preach here at Grace, my uh, new church home, and uh, you all always make me feel welcome. You always let me know that I'm being prayed for, and uh, to me, that's a blessing. Every time I preach, I know that you all have prayed and are praying for me. Um, Before we jump into the sermon, though, let's pray together. Uh, Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning Uh, seeing the results of the futility of time and chance, even this weekend, some of us with power, some of us without, some of us with damage, some of us without. But God, we thank you that you're with us, that you're sovereign, and that all is under your control and your hand. I pray that you'd be with us this morning. Holy Spirit, prepare our hearts to receive your word. It's in Christ's name that I pray. Amen. Um, So back in college, 2007, Uh, My freshman year, uh, I went into indoor nationals as the number one triple jumper and a top five long jumper in the nation. And uh, I remember the week of nationals, my freshman year, indoor nationals, telling Coach Owen, something is feeling weird in my hamstring. And uh, we rode up together, and I just felt this pain. I couldn't sit still. It just didn't feel right. Um, But we pushed on through. I warmed up. I stretched. I felt great. I was in long jump, which was day one of nationals. I was doing my run-throughs. Everything was on point. I get my first jump in. It's a great jump. I go to do my second jump and snap. There goes my hamstring. Freshman year, indoor nationals, torn hamstring. And the, though you may have heard of you know, me being a great jumper and me doing all these things, That was actually one of the hardest days of my track and field career because out of nowhere, I'm the, you know, I'm training normal, I'm pursuing, doing everything I'm supposed to be doing, and out of nowhere, the hamstring just pops for no good reason. Nothing I deserved, nothing I could understand. But don't we all run into situations like these that don't seem to make sense? It's because we're bound by time and by chance. Things happen to us that are completely out of our control and out of our understanding. They happen for no good reason. And each and every one of us are subject to these realities. Why does someone in western Kentucky get a tornado and we get nothing? Why do some people lose power for three days and some of us have just a flicker? Time and chance happen to us all. But as we've worked through Ecclesiastes so far, we've seen the quest. Uh, The teacher was on a quest to find true gain in a world without God. We talked about the futility, and that's what we're going to look at today. In the quest, this quest, life collides with limited pursuits and harsh realities, leaving us shackled in futility. But then we see, last week, we got to see a bit of the hope in Christ God is making all things right. But today starts the section where we dive deep into the futility that the teacher saw. This morning we see something that is simple and yet profound. Time and chance happen to us all. Time and chance happen to all people. And the first thing we see in Ecclesiastes 9, 11, and 12 is that time and chance are inescapable factors. Time and chance are inescapable factors. Um, As a basketball guy, 
I am pumped about the month of March. March Madness is coming up. It's the best time of year for college basketball fans. Uh, and even if you don't watch basketball, you've heard of a good underdog story. And that's exactly what a lot of fans are dreaming of during March Madness. Maybe the little team will come up, a 64 seed will beat a one seed and make it to the championship. But regardless of whether you're number one or you're the last team in, everybody has a chance to win. And when you look at the stats, most years the number one team doesn't win. That means that somebody is going to come up and maybe have their shot at it. So what we see is that in the real world, time and chance happen just like March Madness. Sometimes people win off of a game-winning shot. Sometimes people lose because of a game-winning shot. And that's what the teacher shows us here in verse 11. Look with me. Again, I saw under the sun, the race is not to the swift. What that means is the fastest guy doesn't always win the race. Hamstrings tear. Strides get weird. They come out of the blocks wrong. Or some guy runs the best race of his life. The fastest guy doesn't always win. Nor the battle to the strong. Sometimes the strongest don't always win the battle. We see this throughout Scripture. In fact, God told Gideon, slice the army down and let me fight for you. They weren't expected to win, but they won. But even when God is not fighting on behalf of a military, sometimes the little guy, the less powerful country, wins. It, it almost seems like that's happening with Ukraine and Russia, right? The little guy seems to be holding his own. Next we see the bread does not always go to the wise. The wisest people don't always have food on the table. When a famine or a drought hits, it affects everybody. Even the wise can go hungry during a drought. When a recession hits, even wise people sometimes get hit, get laid off, get into the struggle. We could find ourselves desperate for even a piece of bread. Then we see nor riches to the intelligent. Sometimes we know very smart people who are not super wealthy. Sometimes the smartest people we know don't have the most money, and sometimes people with the most money aren't the smartest people in the world. It doesn't seem to make sense. And then we see that nor favor to those with knowledge. Sometimes the most knowledgeable people lack favor. Think about our culture today. To say that a man is a man and a woman is a woman would not be met with favor in our society. And yet that's true knowledge. That's true insight. And there are so many things that we could say that are truly knowledgeable, truly wise, good things, and yet we can be met with disfavor. It just doesn't seem right. But all of this points to the broad reality at the end of verse 11. But time and chance happen to them all. Things happen opposite of what we would expect, and they happen at random times, it seems. Have you ever thought about the, the goats that we talk about, the greatest of all time? Michael Jordan, does he still play basketball? Does Tom Brady still play football? Do the greatest singers still sing? Do the greatest writers still write? Time binds us all. At some point, you can't be who you once were. If you're a great businessman, one day you will not be in business. If you're a great pastor, one day you will not be preaching. If you're a great artist, musician, one day you will not be doing what you do best because we are bound by time. 
And throughout the book of Ecclesiastes, we see this use of time, often speaking of seasons. So you go through one season of success, but then the next season of life hinders you. And chapter 3, verses 1 through 8, they sum it up like this. For everything there is a season and a time for every matter under the sun. And this brushes up against our comfortable American lives and worldview. It's hard to read in Ecclesiastes 11.8 that the days of darkness will be many. But we will go from young to old one day. We will go from strong to weak one day. We will go from this easy or this good season of life to maybe a tougher season. Some of you may be in a tough season now. Ecclesiastes 3.11, everything is beautiful in its time, and God has put eternity in our hearts. There is something about being finite, and yet we long to understand what came before and what comes after. Ecclesiastes 7.14 says, God is sovereign both over the day of prosperity and the day of adversity. Lord willing, we'll see next week that there is one time that affects us all, and that's the time in which we will return to the dust. We are time-bound people. We are finite. Time happens to us all. But what about chance? We're, we're Christians. We don't believe in luck, right? We don't believe in mere chance, but, but the text says time and chance happen to us all. Chance refers to those events that happen out of the blue. Why does the wind blow and blow and blow and this time the, ho- the tree falls on your house? Why is that? It seems random. It seems unknown, unpredictable, and without cause. I've been reading through Job in the McShane plan. And what happened to Job seemingly happened without cause, and his good friends kept blaming it on him. Maybe you did something wrong. But for Job, he had no idea why this fell upon him. As it was with my hamstring, as it is with people hit by tornadoes, as it is with people who win the lottery, as it is with people who get laid off randomly, as it is with the underdog hitting the game-winning shot, as it is with the person whose car swerves into another lane, as it is with the person who goes viral for doing something good, chance happens to us all. And we don't always deserve what happens to us. We want to blame ourselves or pat ourselves on the back, but chance just happens. And time and chance remind us that our pursuit of gain is ultimately limited by time and chance. You can't pursue forever. You can't find gain forever. Time and chance will eventually shut us down. No matter who you are, there are going to be things you can't outrun, things you can't overpower, things you can't outwit, things you can't outsmart, situations you cannot manipulate for your own good. Time and chance happen to us all because we are under the sun. We are in this world. We are finite human beings. Let that land on you. Sometimes stuff happens that we don't deserve, both good and bad. When good things happen, do you credit yourself? Do you pat yourself on the back? When bad things happen, do you blame yourself? Do you beat yourself up? If only I could have done something different. Sometimes our actions are our fault. They do cause distress or success. But a lot of times, life simply happens because time and chance happen to us all.
And what we see then is that apart from Christ, time and chance remind us of futility. Time and chance make me feel tiny and out of control. It makes life seem futile. I could put in a ton of work, do the best job I can, do everything right day in and day out, and then time and chance show up and wreck it all. Someone else could be put in my place and do my job and ruin it. Time and chance happen to us all, and it just feels so futile. When I got this sermon topic, I thought, my goodness, why this one? <laughs> but because time and chance happen to us all, it reminds us that we cannot truly find gain in this world. We are not in control, and the quest to find gain can be instantly stopped by a random event. I want us to let this sit on us. Let this weigh on us, not to be depressed, not to be morbid, but just to be realistic about life. When we recognize this, we're going to try to find ways around it. And I want us to dive into that a little bit. There are at least three common responses to futility when we see it, when we recognize it, and we must all wrestle through this. I want you to listen for yourself on this list. I found myself all over this list and I want you to find yourself on this list. Where are you at? Number one, we try to escape. We do this in a multitude of ways, the obvious ones being drugs, alcohol, pornography, and the like. But we're, we're good Christian people, aren't we? We're good morally upright conservative people, uh, conservative in our lifestyle, not our politics here um, specifically. But, but what do we do? We try to escape with entertainment. We hop on our phones and scroll our lives away. We find new hobbies. We eat our favorite foods and we overindulge. We hide in our work or whatever other idol presents itself when we're trying to escape. We simply run to these things. For others of us, it's apathy. You just live this apathetic life. Stoicism creeps in. I'm just going to grin and bear it. I'll get through no matter what hard times come. I'll expect the worst, and then if the worst doesn't happen, that's good for me. But whatever your escape mechanism is, escaping ultimately does not work. It doesn't work. At the end of the day, you still lay in the bed, and you still wrestle with your finiteness and the realities of time and chance. You can't get away from it. Others of us, and this is one of my bigger areas, is we live in fear. We know the days of darkness and adversity lurk around the corner or behind the bush, so we live in fear. So we watch for every little bump in the road. Every time we hear of something uh, difficult in someone else's life, we fear that it's going to happen to us, so we try to set these things up to prevent it. Or we just get caught up in anxiety. Our hearts race, our blood rushes. Our pupils dilate and we go into fight or flight. And we live in this fight or flight mode all the time. So during COVID, I would just be on the news, checking CNN, checking the numbers. If, if the numbers rise in Kentucky, that means they might rise in Mercer County. That means I better stay home because if I get around somebody, I might get COVID. It's stuff like that. You live in so much fear that your life is driven around that. Whatever you're running from, whatever you think the time and chance are, you spend your energy running from it. But some of us aren't fearful. I know a lot of you all are more warrior or warrior than you are worrier. And so what you may try to do is control it. 
Sometimes control comes from fear, but sometimes it comes from just being strong. You, you fear something, so you control your life to get around it. You make sure you wear your seatbelt. You make sure you don't drive too close to the line. Or if you're going to drive, you're going to be in a big enough vehicle that a wreck won't be so bad. If there's a threat of recession, you make sure your bank account is stacked up. If there's a threat of a famine, you make sure your bins are full to the top. You, you get on YouTube and you learn how to be a prepper. And I'm not saying that any of these things are wrong. I'm saying it's your way of trying to control it. And only you know your heart in that. I think there is wisdom in preparing and being wise and, and stacking up things. But we all know when we're trying to control time and chance. When If I can stop that from happening to me, I'll stop it. I'm not worried about anybody else. I'll buy every water off the shelf, every can good for me, because it's not going to happen to me. We all do it. And I, want you to, I just want you to search yourself. Where are you at? Which ones of these do you tend to run to? instead of faith in Jesus. The reality of time and chance is truly terrifying at times. It is truly scary. Friday was terrifying to me. I'm a weather geek. I was looking at the significant tornado parameters. It was looking bad. Time and chance are terrifying, but we've got to confess to God and get gospel anchors and ask him to be our comfort, to uproot those idols, those things we cling to, and become our source of hope and comfort. So I hope at this point in the sermon, you feel the futility of time and chance. I could stop here and send you home depressed, send you home like, man, that was a sad sermon. He just laid it out there for us. And I want you to look at verse 12. For man does not know his time. You don't know when your time to die is, you, we don't even really have a grasp of how fast life is moving by. Like fish that are taken in an evil net. A fish doesn't know the net's there until he's in it. A bird that is caught in a snare, he's just walking along, tweet, 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 boom. <laughs> so the children of man are snared at an evil time when it suddenly falls upon them. The heart attack just happens. The crash just happens. The stroke just happens. That is time and chance. But I've got good news for you. I'm a gospel preacher. I'm a Christ preacher, and here we go. In Christ, time and chance are opportunities for faith. In Christ, time and chance are opportunities for faith. That should get you excited this morning. We live in a world of time and chance, but because we have Jesus, we now have opportunities for faith. Time and chance remind us of God's good presence. God is never caught off guard by time and chance. What seems like chance in the hand of God is actually what God uses for our good. I want to take you back to an old story from the Old Testament, a guy named Joseph. His brothers were jealous of that wonderful coat that he got. He was thrown into the pit. He was then captured and, and put in prison. He interpreted a guy's dream. He was forgotten after the dream. He spent years in prison. But at a seemingly random time, Somebody remembered that, that Hebrew guy that interpreted his dream. And then Joseph gets to go to Pharaoh and interpret Pharaoh's dream. And in an instant, 
He goes from in jail to the top dog. And what's he get to do? He gets to rescue the very enemies who had thrown him in that pit. What man meant for evil, God meant for good. God had not left Joseph because God is bigger than time and chance. In time and chance, we can remind ourselves that God is sovereign and almighty, and yet he's near to the brokenhearted. When your heart is broken, he catches your tears in a jar Our sympathetic high priest loves you when time and chance fall upon you. God is good even in the days of evil. Ecclesiastes 7.14, remember, consider that in the day of adversity, God made both days. And he is with you in both days. He is a very present help in the time of need. And many of you can attest to this. Chance fell on you, and you saw God show up. He didn't leave you behind. He's not forsaking you. He is right here with you. Time and chance also remind us of our finiteness. And we need this reminder because when we see that we are finite and out of control, we go to someone who is infinite and all-powerful. We fall flat on our backs, but we look up to the infinite God. And we see Jesus. Jesus came in. He took on flesh. And he experienced this world of time and chance. He faced the futility of this fallen world. And yet, if you remember, all that he did was with purpose. He would tell them, it's not my time yet. It's not yet my time. Because he knew where he was headed. He knew what was going on. And what does Scripture say? At the right time, he died for the ungodly. When we were dead in our sins, Jesus showed up and he paid that price. He went to the grave. He died for us. He rose from the dead, never to be bound by time and chance ever again. He, the infinite, became a a human in this world so that he could suffer for us and with us. And now, Hebrews says, he upholds the universe and there's not a thing that catches him off guard. And he is the one who is interceding for us. He's got it all under control. When the world is spinning out of control because of time and chance, Jesus is seated on the throne still holding it down for us. We can cast our anxieties about our finiteness to Jesus because he cares for us. He cares for us. Time and chance remind us of our good shepherd. Our sympathetic shepherd, he experienced the world. He knows what it's like to have a friend die suddenly of illness. Remember Lazarus? He knows what it's like to be caught on a boat in a terrible storm, and yet he said, Lazarus, get up. He said, storm, stop. He knows what it's like, but he's got power over it. He walked the path before we walked on it. I I was reading a book about uh, shepherds yesterday, and oftentimes a shepherd will walk the fields so he knows the obstacles, he knows the dangers that the sheep might run up on so that he can protect them from it. And did our Savior not walk that path so that he could then guide us along the way? He leads us beside the still waters. Though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we fear no evil because Jesus destroyed evil on the cross. We have the shepherd who walked before us. The hired hand flees in the time of danger. When chance comes upon the hired hand, he's out of here. You keep your money, I'm gone. But when time and chance, when hard times show up for Jesus, 
He laid his life down for us, and he carries us through. He sent us the comforter to be with us. He's the good shepherd who laid down his life for his sheep so that time and chance would have eternal significance for us. All things work together for the good of those who love God, who have been called according to his purpose. In Christ Jesus, all things are working for our good. We may not see it. We may never understand until we get on the other side. But all things are working for the good of those who love God. Be with this good shepherd more often. If we walk with him in the days of prosperity, we'll remember his hand in the days of adversity. There are some strong, godly saints in this room. You can attest to walking with God, both in the day of prosperity, but in that dark day when time and chance hit your life, when you lost that loved one suddenly, when you got that phone call that you have cancer, you know God was with you. Even in your dark and painful days, the Spirit was crying out from within you, Abba, Father, and you felt his comforting presence. When you had no words, but all you could do was groan and cry out in deep grief and pain, he was there with you, interceding on your behalf. A lot of you know that. Walk with this shepherd. But I also want to encourage you with this. Throughout Ecclesiastes, we don't see a call to live in fear, anxiety, or negativity. God says, despite all of this, live with wisdom and joy. All throughout Ecclesiastes, in this world of time and chance, Christ gives us so much hope that we can be told, enjoy your life. Enjoy the wife of your youth. Enjoy what God has given you. Enjoy your work. We don't have to fear what comes around the corner because when it comes, we've got a God who is with us. Let's chase God. Let's not chase vanity. Let's not pursue empty pursuits, but let's pursue the greatest satisfaction we can find in all of the world. Let's pursue God and find our joy in him. As we finish, we're reminded that time and chance happen to us all. I don't know if I've said it enough, but I'm going to say it one more time. Time and chance happen to us all, but what matters most is where is our trust? When time and chance affect our lives, where is our trust? Under the sun, apart from Christ, it seems that people get lucky. Apart from Christ, it seems that people get down on their luck and bad things happen. But when we know God and we are known by God, we realize that it's not mere luck. It's God's good and sovereign hand working out something for our good. When we are in the pit like Joseph, it's hard to look up and see any light. But when we are lifted out of the pit and seated with Christ at the right hand of God, it all of a sudden makes sense. What seemed like mere chance or misfortune turns out to be God's gracious plan for us. I can't walk away without offering you the gospel. Are you in Christ? Or are you dealing with futility in your own strength? If you're escaping, fearing, or trying to control, it's time to give up and follow Jesus. Jesus came to this earth so that you don't have to perfectly orchestrate your life 
in order to find peace, hope, and joy. I wish it was that easy, that we could just line everything up to prevent bad times, but we can't. And Jesus came, and he's, he's given you something more than that. He entered this world, and he proved that he's above and beyond the limits of this world. If you will give him your life, if you will believe in him, if you will trust in him, he got you covered. Turn from your sins. Turn from your self-trust and believe in Jesus. And I want you to think about something. Right now may be the moment that God, the chance moment that God is calling you. This might be the chance moment that God is saving your life. Maybe this very moment you have been given a, a new heart and you are being called to respond in faith. It's not mere chance or coincidence that you are hearing this gospel and this message this second. Why? Because God is sovereign over time. He brought you here for a reason. And this morning, this very second, could be the moment that your eternity is changed for the good forever. Will you respond and believe in Jesus Christ, our Savior? And if you're in Christ, renew your faith in Jesus day by day, moment by moment. I didn't have this in my notes, but I've got to say it. Put your phone down and seek the Lord sometimes. We, we don't grow in our faith when we escape the futility of this world. And yes, we're saved. Yes, we believe in Jesus. But don't we still try to run? Don't we still try to hide? Put your stuff down and just be with God. Have a living and breathing relationship with God no matter what it costs you. He's outside of time and chance, and one day we too will be with him in, in eternal, timeless relationship, worship, work, all of that good stuff. Put some of this stuff away and be with him now. Ask the Holy Spirit to remind you of your adoption, remind you of his presence every day, because time and chance will still happen. But we know the God who wrote the story from beginning to end. And isn't it joyful for us that we already know the ending? We read in the beginning, and we can read the last amen. We have this hope today. Jesus upholds the universe. He is outside of and sovereign over time and chance. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, uh, this was a tough message to preach, especially this week, because time and chance always happens. It happens to us all. We're, we're people that are weak and finite and in need of your, your grace and your presence, God. We, we need you. This week, some people are victims of time and chance. This week, some people have found success because of time and chance. Even the people who are in Christ have seen both positive and negative prosperity and adversity. But God, we have a hope Holy Spirit, we have a hope. Jesus, we have a hope because you are for us. And if you are for us, who can be against us? You're above and beyond time and chance. You've written the story. And as we walk each day, each moment, you've already written the story, but we're seeing it unfold before our eyes. And we know the ending is good and eternal and glorious because you entered time. Jesus, you entered time for us.
You died for us. You rose again. God, I pray that we would trust you. I pray that those who have not yet believed would believe. God, I pray that if you've blown, if the wind of the Spirit has blown on someone's heart this morning, that they would respond in faith. It's not by chance that people are here to hear this gospel message. It's not by chance that people were born near Danville or moved near Danville to be here this morning. It's because of your sovereign grace. And God, I pray that someone would be impacted by your word, impacted by the gospel. And if that someone's me, thank you, God. It's in Christ's name that I pray.